Aloha, this is Pastor Perry, and I want to thank you for joining us online to study the Word of God together. We pray that you will be blessed as the Holy Spirit ministers to you through this message and through God's Word. Today's scripture reading is from Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. Hannah, thanks for doing our scripture reading this morning. Appreciate it. And Wynn, thanks for filling in for Pastor Pete. We appreciate that. Great job. I'd like to invite you all to pray with me as we ask the Lord's Spirit to speak to us through his word. Let's pray together. God of hope, you are the source of all true hope. You're the one who can fulfill our hopes, and we worship you. We, we praise you as the God of hope. We love you. We reverence you. And we ask that you would fill us now with the spirit of hope, the Holy Spirit, that he would fill our hearts with hope, that he would increase our hope, that he would help us to anticipate even more the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ and in his return. We pray, too, that the Holy Spirit would minister to us this morning through the word, that you would speak through me words that honor the Lord Jesus Christ and help shape our lives into Christ-likeness. Lord, we are mindful for, of those that are watching online, those who might be in this room, those who we know and may live far away from us, and they're struggling. They're discouraged. They've lost hope. They're depressed, perhaps. They're questioning their faith, their walk. Lord, we especially pray for those we love who are in these conditions, and it might even be someone in their own heart feel that way today within our room or online. And we lift them up to you and pray that you would instill new hope. Lord, for those who are especially struggling financially, we pray, Lord, that you would minister and provide for them. For those who are struggling with health issues and have family members that are struggling with COVID-19, we lift them up to you and we pray for a healing touch for those that we love and care about, Lord. Lord, we look to you in all these things. And we also give you thanks for the good things that we're experiencing, for the things that we see and experience for the laughter of a child, for the hug of someone who loves us, the joy of a sunrise or sunset or the beauty around us, we continue to give you thanks that the birds are still singing your praise. And we also want to sing your praise. Lord, we ask now that you'd speak to us. We pray these things in that wonderful, beautiful name of the Creator, Lord Jesus. Amen. So, how would you finish this sentence? You don't have to say it out loud, but just think in your mind. How would you finish this sentence? I hope that, and then you fill in the blank. I hope that. Well, it would be a rare person who didn't immediately have something come to mind when you hear that sentence and immediately have something that they want to fill in there. Uh, some people are saying, I hope that I can pay my bills, or I hope that I don't get COVID or that my test comes back negative. I hear people being really excited they finally got their, uh, their test. And it's like, well, you should be excited that your test was negative, not just that you got your test and could come to Hawaii or leave Hawaii or wherever you're going. Uh, some people say, I hope that the vaccines work or that I can get it soon. Or 
I hope I can actually graduate next year. Or I hope I can still get that athletic scholarship. Or I hope that I can actually perform a concert again or go to a concert again. I hope that I can have my wedding as planned. There are many things people are hoping. And maybe something even more important, some people are hoping that Santa Claus won't be quarantined coming to Hawaii. <laughs> and some people are hoping for a new soccer ball or a doll or a toy of some sort. We all have something we're hoping for. I hope that. Some are saying, I hope that the weather would clear up so I can go to the beach. And others are saying, I hope that the waves would be bigger. And others would say, I hope my problems would become smaller and less. It's a rare person who doesn't have some type of hope. And when all hope is lost, often so is that person's life. And that's something that's happening in our society right now. People are losing hope, and they're actually losing their lives. Hope is necessary to life, as perhaps few other things are. In fact, one might successfully argue that hope is the most important emotional requirement for a healthy life. I don't know if you remember the story or heard the story of Salvador Alvarenga. He was a fisherman from El Salvador who was living in Mexico, and he was going to go deep sea fishing in a fiberglass boat, maybe about 25 feet long, and his regular fishing partner wasn't available, so he, he met a young man, Cordova, uh, 22 years old, and had just met him, and he took him with him to go fishing for marlin and sharks and other large fish in the sea. And Alvarenga was 35 years old at this time, and Cordova was 22. And as they're out fishing, their engine died. And then a storm hit them. Well, they radioed Mayday for help, and they sent out the word they needed help, and a search commenced, but no one could find them. And they were in a storm for five, six, seven days at sea, and they drifted hundreds of miles off the coast of Mexico. And they lived off drinking the blood of turtles and birds that they caught and eating those turtles and birds and any other fish they could catch. They'd thrown all their fishing gear overboard along with the motor and everything to lighten the ship, so they were catching everything by hand. And Cordova got sick one day after eating a bird, and it wasn't until after he got sick that they discovered there was a poisonous snake in the stomach of the bird. And after getting sick, Cordova decided he would not eat again and refused to eat. And he died. And Alvarenga kept the body of a shipmate on the boat for six days, talking to it and having conversations and realized that he was going to go insane if he continued this. So he had to throw his friend, his, his corpse, overboard. Well, Alvarenga continued to drift and he holds the an enviable record of being lost at sea more than anyone else ever recorded. He was at sea for 438 days, or about 14 months. And finally, his little boat ran aground on the little islet on the southernmost tip of the Marshall Islands. Had he missed that islet, he would have continued to drift toward the Philippines. And when interviewed, Alvarenga attributes his survival to his experience at sea, but also to his faith in God and his optimism that God would rescue him. What kept Alvarenga alive was hope. 
He said that he prayed and he sang hymns during the worst period of the time that he was on that boat, holding on to hope for 438 days lost at sea. Alvarenga testifies that after this experience, he is a changed man. And he went and contacted his parents and his daughter that he'd been estranged from. His parents had raised his daughter. And now he talks to them nearly every day. He says that he thanks God every day for the new life given to him. A man who had hope. And because of that hope, he survived. Let me ask you, where have you placed your hope? And let me ask you, where have you perhaps lost hope? And let me ask you, where do you expect to find hope if you've lost it? Today is the first Sunday of Advent. The theme is hope, as we already mentioned. It also happens to be the 38th week that we have live-streamed since the lockdown. 38 weeks. And on this first Sunday of Advent, we focus on hope. And a world in crisis definitely needs hope. And today's title is, A World in Crisis, Hope Needed Here. Like nothing else, that's what a world in crisis needs. We need hope. And people are placing their hope in all kinds of different things. I've read that to have hope means to want an outcome that makes your life better in some way. And that hope then moves you toward taking actions that will help you have a better life. So hope is not just wishful thinking. It also moves you in a positive direction. Hope is an optimistic state of mind that moves you in a positive direction. Right now, that is certainly something all of us need. We need hope. Well, I looked through the Bible to get a definition for hope, and I looked up all the places where hope is mentioned in Scripture, and I, I couldn't find an actual definition. I could find example after example of men and women who had placed their hope in God and who had placed their hope in the wrong things, too. And although I couldn't find a definition for hope, I found that the word hope is found in the definition of the word faith or a description of the word faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we read this. Now, faith, notice that word, faith, what is it? It is the assurance of things, and notice the next words, hoped for. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. See, faith and hope go hand in hand. They are a pair. They're a pair, sort of like grace and, and mercy, or right and left, or up and down. They're a pair, but they're not identical twins. They go together, but they're not the same thing. And to help us understand the difference between faith and hope and how they go together, we're going to look at a truth, and we're going to look at three truths about hope today. If you're watching online, you can find the outline online, and if you're here, you were handed an outline as you came in. And if you didn't get one, you're welcome to go back and grab one. But three truths about hope. The first truth is this, faith. Faith says it is so now. Faith is about the present, what's going on now. Faith says it is so now. You believe now this is true. But hope says it will be true later. Hope says it will be true later. Hope is about what happens in the future. Faith is about what's happening now. Hope is about what's happening in the future. And they go together. And our 
Biblical hope is based on biblical faith. Because we have faith in God's word now, we have hope for the future that God is going to give us later. Because we have faith in the perfect character of God now, we have hope in a world that will have God-like character in the future. Because we have faith in Christ's death and resurrection for our sins now, we have hope for eternal life later. Faith and hope go hand in hand. Faith says it is so now. Hope says it will be so later. To use a contemporary situation, many people have faith that scientists have created vaccines that will protect us from COVID. They have faith in the present. And they have that faith, and because they have that faith, they have hope that the pandemic will end and that we can get back to life the way we're used to having life. Faith in a vaccine now, so we have hope in the future later. Faith said it is so now, hope says it will be so later. In Romans chapter 8, verse 24, the Apostle Paul describes this future aspect of hope. It says in Romans 8, 24, and notice how many times the word hope is used just in this one verse. For in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? So Paul's saying that hope is about the future. It's about the things we haven't seen yet. Hope says it will be so later. And that is why so many people during our present pandemic crisis and presidential election and all the fallout that's going on with that, that's why so many people have lost hope. Because they have put their hope too low. They are myopic. They are short-sighted. They haven't looked far enough into the future. They looked at what man can do or can't do rather than what God promises to do and have lost hope. Many people have found that their hope has been in a man or a political party or a system. And some people, their hopes have increased and some, their hopes have decreased based on the election results or alleged results or awaiting results. Their hope is like this because their hope has been set too low. But God wants us to set our hope higher on Him and what He promises beyond this present life, way beyond it. And isn't that what Christmas is truly about? That Jesus has come to rescue us and to give a world in crisis hope. He came to give us hope. It's unfulfilled because it's hope. Hope isn't fulfilled yet. But by faith, we believe in his first coming, his first advent, that's faith, that's the now, and it gives us great hope for his second coming, for what is to be fulfilled. His first coming, his second coming, faith, hope. Our hope is not in what man can do now. It's in what God will do later. Apostle Peter was writing to first century Christians who knew what it meant to have a world in crisis. They're being persecuted for their faith. And by persecuted, 
I don't mean they had to wear masks in church. I'm sorry. They were being tortured. They were being beaten. They were being put to death. They had to flee their homes, their countries. They became refugees, the diaspora, as we say, those who are dispersed abroad. And Peter writes to suffering Christians in 1 Peter 1.13, and he offers them hope. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, he says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Get ready. Hope leads to action. Prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Set your hope. Underline these words, if not in your Bible or your notes in your mind. Set your hope completely. Set your hope completely. On what? On the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is the second stage of his rescue, his second coming. His first advent, we place our faith in that. That's now. But the future hope is based on what's going to happen at his second coming. And we are to place our hope completely on the grace, the undeserved favor, the rewards he's going to give us at his second advent. Jesus has come to rescue us. But it is a two-stage process. We celebrate the first stage, Christmas. We celebrate the second stage at his glorious return, which is called the blessed hope. Look what the Apostle Paul writes to his protege, Titus, in Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Writing to this young man, Titus, in Titus 2, verse 13, he tells Titus, we are looking for the blessed hope and... The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. The blessed hope and the appearing of Jesus. Which brings us a second truth for today. The second truth is this. Our future hope is both an event and a person. It's both an event and a person. It's both and. We place our faith in Jesus' second coming. That's an event. But we also place our hope in Jesus Christ himself, that is, the person. Because our future hope is in an event and a person. The Apostle Paul writes it this way to another protege, Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. And in 1 Timothy 1, 1, Paul writes, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, and notice He calls Jesus who is our hope. That's the person. It's not just the event of his return. It's the person Jesus Christ is our hope. It's an event and it's a person. It's both. And if your hope only goes as far as a political candidate or political party or a scientist or a vaccine or your health, then your hopes are going to be dashed, I guarantee it. But if your hope is in Jesus Christ, the promises that he has given to us, then all your hopes will someday be fulfilled. That's a promise at the second stage of his rescue. We celebrate the first stage, Christmas, and we will celebrate the second stage when he comes back for us. 
It's an event and it's a person. Which brings us to an all-important third truth to be considered and embraced. What if you've lost hope? How do you get it back? What do you do if you're discouraged? What if you have hope but you want more hope? Well, that's our third truth today. Third truth, number three. Hope is increased through an increased awareness of Jesus. Through an increased awareness of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to work it up yourself. It's like, hope, 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 hope. No. God wants to give you hope. He is the God of hope. And lack of hope in your life, in my life, is a lack of Jesus. And it's a lack of being filled with the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of hope. That's what Paul refers to in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. The scriptures indicate this. In Romans 15, verse 13, it's a benediction. And Paul says, now may the God of hope. He's over all hope. He is the source of all true hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Believing is faith. It's what you do now. With all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope. Don't raise your hand. But are you abounding in hope right now? If you're not, Paul tells us how you can. You will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the amount of hope you have is not limited by the power of God because God's power is unlimited. Your hope is limited by your cooperation with the Holy Spirit. It is possible to abound in hope when you place your hope in the right person and the right event and you invite the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of hope, to fill you. And your eyes will be lifted off the things that this world has to offer or is taken away from you to what God will never take away from you. We have many examples in Scripture of men and women who have lived hope-filled lives in a hopeless world. I'm reminded of Daniel's three friends who were cast into a fiery furnace who possessed great hope. Not in how things turned out, but in the God of circumstances. Listen as I read Daniel 3, verses 17 and 18. Daniel chapter 3, beginning in verse 17. These three friends of Daniel are talking to the king. They're about to be thrown into the furnace. And they say, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire. They had hope that God could deliver them. They believed that they had a God that was powerful enough to deliver them. And they said, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. The beautiful thing is they knew they would be delivered. They didn't know if they would be delivered by life or by death. But either way, they would be delivered from the king. They had hope in deliverance. And they go on to say, but even if he does not, in other words, not deliver them from the fire, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve the gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. No way are we going to do that. We are not going to deny our God in whom we have placed our hope. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 1.29, who said a very similar thing, just said it more succinctly. 
In Philippians 1.29, the Apostle Paul, he's under house arrest. He's waiting a life or death sentence. And he says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I, I have hope. Whether I live or die, it doesn't really matter. I have hope in Jesus Christ. My eyes are above this world looking toward Christ, the blessed hope. What these godly men had in common, the same thing that godly women have in common, was that they possessed a hope that went far beyond the world crisis. Their hope was in the God of hope. Is that you? If your story was being written here, would we be using your life as an example of hope in the midst of crisis? Would my life be an example? We need to place our hope in the God of hope. Let your hope be increased through an increased awareness of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because who doesn't want more hope in the midst of a world crisis? Would you pray with me? I'd like to ask you to bow your heads whether you're listening online or in this room. I'd like you to look at your heart and see where your hope is. Do a little heart exam. Where have you placed your hope? The Lord Jesus Christ came, his first coming, that he might give his life on the cross for your sins and mine and rose from the grave and conquered death. Do you believe that? Have you placed your faith in that? Have you cried out to Jesus saying, Lord Jesus, save me? If you have not, you have no hope. With your head bowed and eyes closed, let me ask you, if you want that hope, if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, why not call out to him and say in a prayer something like this, Lord Jesus, I do believe, I place my faith in what you have done for me. Come into my life and save me, Lord Jesus. And Lord, fill me with the hope of eternal life that you promised to give. Lord, we ask that you'd fill each of us with your spirit of hope, the Holy Spirit, that we might grow in our hope and that we might display that hope to the world around us so they would ask us for the reason that we are so hopeful and we'd be able to tell them it's because of Jesus Christ, in whose name we now offer these prayers. Amen.